0: The turning point for me was my best friend at the time of like six years. She had told me that she needed to distance herself from me because she also struggled with a, you know, body and eating issues. And she said in order for her to heal, she had to distance herself from me because it was triggering to be around me. And that was the breaking point for me to be like it was just a wake-up call for me to be like oh my gosh like I'm taking my control out on something that's not only affecting me but it's affecting the people around me and I need to make some change in my life
1: I'm Doug Bopes, personal trainer best-selling author and entrepreneur and I'm on a mission to help others become the best version of themselves Alyssa built a massive online platform sharing her love and passion for health and wellness. Today on the show, she shares what it's really like being an influencer and the difficulties that come along with that. She opens up about her struggles with body obsession, mental health, limiting beliefs, and comparison. We also chat about rebuilding self-worth, her advice to people who consume her content, overcoming setbacks, and more. So let's get this conversation going and welcome Alyssa Lynch to the Adversity Advantage podcast. Alyssa, welcome to the podcast.
0: Thank you so much for having me. I'm stoked.
1: I'm excited to chat with you. You've come a long way. You've overcome so much adversity in your life, and we're definitely going to dive into different sections of that. But I think a good place for us to start is throughout any moment of adversity, I think what separates people from the people who make it from the people who don't is the people that are able to focus on what they can control and rebuild their self-confidence, rebuild their self-worth to give them a new perspective and a new level of faith to be able to get through that hard time to continually move forward in life. So what are some of the things, if you had to pick like three to five things that when you're going through something that's that's hard, not talking about just having a bad day, I mean, like you're in the thick of like darkness. What are three to five things that you've leaned on to help you with your self-confidence and self-worth?
0: First of all, I think I've just always been an extremely empathetic person. I won't lie. Sometimes it's default. Like my friends all call me a sponge so I can like walk into a room. And if someone's off, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I feel so much anxiety. Gotta go. But there's goods to it too. I feel like I'm a good listener and I'm like really good at learning from other people and their emotions and what they've been through. So I always feel like I can kind of go back and like, kind of tap into that when i'm feeling really down like pull inspiration from other people's stories or what other people have you know advice that they've told me so i think that's one of them i think another would be i know it sounds cliche but the morning routine that i've built has really been beneficial for my life just kind of that habit stacking if like they call it which started with one simple thing of like you know practicing gratitude in the morning and then it built into this you know twenty to thirty minute time for myself to really just let go of any anxieties and tap into like just what's what's gonna make me feel better and kind of like understand how to take the day from there. And I mean, I think that there's so many things within that morning routine that could be points here too. but um, yeah,
1: yeah. And I think it's it's so important to establish some sense of structure when you're going through something that's challenging, because sometimes when you're going through it, life is so disorganized, you know, your emotions, depending on what you're going through, your emotions can be very unstable. And you just really are trying to figure out, like, is there any certainty you might have with anything going on in your life? And the only thing that you can control is your time, like what you do. Your actions and how you choose to to take care of yourself. And one of the things that stuck out to me in your story is how I think it was like five years ago you, you just moved to L.A. You were you moved to L.A. essentially to become it's a dream to become like an actress, right? And then that slowly evolved based on based on events to becoming an influencer online. But you went through a really traumatic breakup, and then left you, a completely heartbroken in the midst of this big city where you had just moved. Didn't really know too many people, no family there. Walk the audience through, like, what were some of the thoughts that were going through your mind during those early stages of that heartbreak? And what specifically, like, helped you get out of that moment of darkness?
0: Yeah, that was a rough time. I mean, I've always been this extremely independent person and kind of this... I don't want anyone to help me. I want to do this myself type of mentality. Probably, you know, some childhood trauma things that made that mentality come about, but I feel like it also worked in my benefit. I was acting in Vancouver. I was doing three shows, a couple movies, and was really busy and that's why those projects would take me out to LA often for press or for further auditions or whatnot. And that's when I moved out, or I came out here one time and I, I met a boy and I fell in love. And it was this very fairy tale like love that I had never experienced before. And it definitely let some of those, I'm independent, don't tell me what to do, walls come down. Some for the good, maybe some could have stayed up a little more <laughs> because I think that you know, I I probably like looking back, I was 19. I probably lost certain versions of myself for this relationship. And so when it all came crumbling down and it didn't work out and I had taken this break from acting and I now had this following and the following I had on social media was Solely because I was in this relationship. It was this, you know, they're this travel couple there He is a videographer and photographer. So truly my social media platform was just showcasing his work <laughs> and Throughout that process. I also had started to question my passion for acting and if that was truly the route I wanted to do there was just a A lot of pressure to be a certain way and look a certain way with acting that didn't always sit well with me So I did want to take some time apart from it when I went through this breakup. It was not only a heartbreak but an identity crisis, I think personally and publicly also, you know, I didn't have Because I had let some of those walls down of being this independent girl I had spent every last penny trying to take care of myself in this relationship that was a much more luxurious lifestyle than I had ever imagined. I mean, I had never even been to a very fancy restaurant before I was in this relationship. I am just from like a smaller suburb in Canada and our you know big night out was the Olive Garden. So <laughs> I had not really experienced these types of bills, That dinner that would come after dinner, but I was still in that mindset of like, no one's paying for me. So I ran out of all of my money for my shows very quickly. And then when the relationship ended, it was not only a heartbreak and identity crisis, but a oh crap, I don't know how to take care of myself. And it was. So hard, but looking back, the best thing that has ever happened to me because it really lit something up inside of me and I really tuned into my passion for wellness, which had always existed, but because I was in this place where I had no further choice but to truly revolve my life around wellness because my mind and body were struggling so much I had this platform and I wasn't, you know, traveling with this amazing videographer anymore. I was like, okay, I'm going to show the real me, the struggles, what I'm doing to help that. And that really resonated with people. and, And I think that's because it was so authentic to me. And I think that that's what works best on social media for people is when they're truly just sharing their authentic selves. So. That's kind of what I did. And it. I ended up having a much better experience with social media than I initially thought. I was very against it in the beginning. I, I said things like I would never do that as a career. Like I wouldn't be taken seriously as an actress. I will never hold a camera to my face and like say, hey, what's up guys, I'm doing this. I was like, no, I will never do that. But look at me now. I can never judge a you know situation before actually experiencing it because it's become a really positive you know, job and lifestyle for me.
1: Yeah. And it's amazing the purpose that can come out of pain. Right. And a lot of people, they they struggle when they go through a breakup to redefine who they are as a person and to rediscover their true identity. And then also, like you said, like you had this business side of things where you had started to make a little bit of a living, like because of highlighting what your ex-boyfriend had done as a profession, that now you have to to figure out like all right like how am i going to make this my own because i can't do this this part of the business anymore so i have to evolve and i know that this eventually ended up taking a slight turn for the worst in that i've heard you talk about that you became so obsessive with the way you looked and the validation that you got from that that it ended up becoming detrimental to your health so if you could walk the listeners through that process and maybe like get as specific as you can like what would go through your mind when you would think about like losing more weight? Were you aware of what was going on and that sort of thing?
0: Yeah. And you know, I've obviously gone through this in my head so many times and I just think it's a lot of the time people think of it quite black and white. And I just think there's so many different parts and moving parts to kind of going through something that might be like an eating disorder or just body dysmorphia or anxiety, or whatever it may be. I think the before I went through that breakup, I was already struggling and not as maybe aware of it with you know food and like properly um, nourishing my body and the pressure I felt to stay to stay thin. I think that that probably came about quite early on in my life. And then with acting and, you know, a little bit of like modeling, I didn't really do much of that, but just being in those communities made me probably feel the need to have some unhealthy habits. So yeah, I, I think that it probably started before the breakup. And then when the breakup happened, it just caused me to have so much anxiety that I needed to control something. So I wouldn't say the the mindset process at that time in my life was I need to be thin. I need to be thin. I actually would look in the mirror and be like, Alyssa, you are so thin, like you poor thing. But it wasn't something I felt strong enough to do anything about because I just felt like I had no control in my life. I didn't know if I could stay in the U S because I was, you know, I'm from Canada and I was working on my visa. So that caused me anxiety every day because this is where I wanted to be. I didn't know if I'd be able to pay my rent. I didn't know if I was doing the right career and on the right path. And then, you know, certain health things started to happen because of all this. I wasn't sleeping. I felt an immense amount of anxiety. I lost my period. I, so many things started to happen and I just felt so not in control. So for some reason in my non-logical mind, I was like, the only thing I can control and feel like I'm controlling is my food and my working out and it was just a very unhealthy process. But I think that the journey of that entire unhealthy relationship probably actually started from a lot younger
1: than I thought. Well, let's go back a little bit and then we'll come back to how you healed this part, because it seems that you mentioned that you were a sponge for people's energy and you took on people's energy and that you felt like you needed to be independent. Seems like you were looking for love in all the wrong places. And I know that a lot of these are symptoms, can be symptoms of growing up in a traumatic environment. And I know that you grew up with your dad who was an addict. So if you could just walk walk the audience through like what that was like for you as a, as a kid, and then maybe just to the best of your ability, talk about how how that impacted your adult relationships and the way you, you felt about yourself. And then also like how you have healed that relationship with him so that you can have healthier adult relationships.
0: Yeah, it's so interesting because I, you know, I'm in therapy every week and I feel like therapists and people always like to pull up childhood because a lot of the traumas and things that we go through as adults, you know, start from that place. And it's tough because. We try and dig deep, but to be honest, it's hard to find a lot of things, even though it can sound like, oh, when I say, oh yeah, my dad was an addict, it's like, oh, whoa, like that's probably where the trauma starts. But just to give you a little insight, my my mom and dad had me in high school, so I was definitely not planned. My mom got pregnant at 16, super young And I lived in my family's house with my grandparents, my aunt and my mom. And it was the best childhood, like imaginable. Like I, I had, my mom is like, every time I'm like working through childhood trauma and like also hearing about other people's, you know, I feel like it's talked about a lot on podcasts and stuff too. And I just text her every time after and I'm like, how the frick did you do it? 16 years old and like between her and I no trauma whatsoever she did she's the best and my grandparents were the best and honestly my my childhood was amazing however I, my dad did really struggle he struggled with alcohol and drug abuse he's sober now and he's thriving but uh, yeah that was it was always kind of a, a question mark if you know dad was going to be around or not And I also think there was a sense of hopping around. My mom and I tried to live on our own a couple times, but then we would always have to like come back to my grandparents' house. And sometimes I was at my dad's house and sometimes I was at my mom's and, you know, my mom was so young. So I would have to like get a ride to school from the neighbor. And like, there was a lot of bouncing around. So my therapist and I have kind of come to the conclusion that maybe there was just not enough of that like safe home feeling because there was so many like moving parts and people a part of my immediate family as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense and I think you're right. Like I think a lot of people end up trying to point back to childhood with things because I think for a lot of people that is kind of where it starts. However, everybody was is raised differently in the context of childhood and if you know, it seems like your memories mostly are positive from your childhood where a lot of times it can be the reverse, right? For many people that they grow up with a parent who is addicted to drugs and like kudos to your parents for, you know, kind of what they did and how when they had you at such a, your mom had you at such a young age that you guys have such an amazing relationship together. Yeah. I, it's I mean, awesome. I'd
0: say this too, as my friends are starting to have kids, you know, I don't have children, so I can't give advice on that part, but I always just I'm so like adamant about not hiding things from your children. And I think that that's something that my mom did so beautifully was maybe it was her, you know, innocent mind because she was so young, but she was just constantly like, look, I'm not hiding anything from you. Like Your dad's kind of dumb and he's not doing good things. And like, she would explain it to me and I'm like four and I'm like, oh, okay. But it was kind of always like, we're in this together. Life isn't perfect, we're not perfect. And like, we have each other, so it's good. And I hear so much about these parents and families trying to kind of be perfect and then kind of sweeping a lot of things under the rug. And I think that that can cause a lot more trauma than people think.
1: Yeah, I mean, keeping secrets, sweeping things under the rug, not talking about your feelings and emotions, yeah, can certainly cause some some trauma and some unhealthy patterns as people get older. So would you say like, you know, watching which your dad went through and even everything he's overcome, was is that, is that like your main motivation for being so passionate about mental health? Or is it more about some of the stuff you struggled with? We will get you back to this episode of the Adversity Advantage in just one second, but first wanted to give a quick shout out to Organifi. As you know, Organifi is a line of organic superfood blends that offers plant-based nutrition made with high-quality ingredients. Each Organifi blend is science-backed to craft the most effective doses with ingredients that are organic and free of fillers that contain less than 3 grams of sugar per serving. Recently, I have been loving the refreshing taste of the new Organifi Green Juice Crisp Apple. That's right, Crisp Apple. It comes with all the benefits you've come to love in the classic green juice with a new juicy twist. Enjoy the same fan-favorite nourishing ingredients such as ashwagandha, moringa, spirulina, and chlorella, designed to hydrate, energize, and support cortisol balance. The new Green Juice Crisp Apple is made with organic, wholesome, hand-picked apples. And tastes like a fresh, juicy slice in every sip, making it the first of its kind the whole family will absolutely love. It's only available for a limited time, so make sure to stock up now and take advantage of this nourishing green juice that tastes absolutely divine. So go to www.organifi.com backslash Doug and use code Doug for 20% off your order. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com backslash Doug and use code Doug for 20% off any item. Now back to the show.
0: It's interesting too, because even though my dad obviously dealt with more mental health issues, it was actually, I've always been a very emotional person and my family actually isn't very emotional except for my dad. That's kind of something that my dad and I really bonded on was similar empathetic feelings and, you know, dealing with anger or sad days or anxious days. Like my family is just like, what's depression? What's anxiety? I don't know. So as much as I feel like it was, I honestly helped me, it helped me feel seen and it helped me feel understood from him. It also definitely drilled something into my brain to not do drugs and to really steer away from that because, I got to witness how detrimental that was to someone's life. So I've really always never had an inclination to do that. So that's a positive. But yeah, I think that... I've just always had a lot of emotions and I've never really known how exactly to deal with them. So I think honestly, that has been something that's always kind of pushed me to be more passionate and learn about mental health.
1: Yeah. And it's so important to not only like learn about your own mental health, but to help spread awareness around the subject of mental health, because there are so many people that are struggling. And we're going to get into like how we can help maybe inspire other people later on. But I want to go back to your personal journey. And you're, you're in this place where you're now having an unhealthy relationship, I guess, with your body, you're still healing from a pretty rough breakup that you went through. You're still trying to figure some stuff out as far as how you're managing your own brand and everything. What was that healing process like for you to get to a place where you were comfortable and having a healthy relationship with exercise and nutrition and your body so that you could move past all that?
0: Well, I've actually never really said this like out loud at all, but um, the turning point for me was my best friend at the time of like six years, she had told me that she needed to distance herself from me because she also struggled with a you know body and eating issues. And she said in order for her to heal, she had to distance herself from me because it was triggering to be around me. And that was the breaking point for me to be like, It was just a wake-up call for me to be like, oh my gosh, like I'm taking my control out on something that's not only affecting me, but it's affecting the people around me, and I need to make some change in my life. And then I went through a process of having a hard time differentiating what were unhealthy habits and what were healthy because... I always loved health and wellness, but it became an obsessive interest and I knew all of this information, but I wasn't doing any of it and I was kind of a hypocrite and it took me knowing like, oh wait, I can still go and move my body and work out. Like I can do that. That's okay. I want to do that. That's not my illness telling me you, you got to get skinny. You got to get skinny. So there was a lot of like mental work, journaling, meditations that I needed to do to figure out like, what am I doing? Because I love my body and what am I doing? Because I'm punishing my body. And so That took, you know, two years to truly like get into a rhythm of being like, okay, I'm confident that I'm doing this because I'm, you know, rewarding my body or I love my body, whatever it is, or because this just truly makes me feel good. And this is good for my body. I feel like it takes a while to also get that intuitive sense and connection to your body back after being so disconnected from it. And so after, yeah, about, about two years of doing that, I was able to like, make healthy choices.
1: That's awesome. I mean, I can't imagine how hard it must have been given that you're still like in that profession where your paycheck, your livelihood, the success of your brand is based on whether people like engage with you and whether people like you and your self image in a way, right, that in many cases drives, you know, revenue for you to keep your bills being paid how do you gauge success with that now? Like, how do you separate all that? Because I think it's pretty easy to fall into that trap.
0: Yeah. And I, you know, looking back, I don't ask myself why I did the things I did. I think it's pretty unfortunate that I was in a place where I felt like if I was a smaller size that I would gain more success. And I don't think in all of the situations I was in that that's, that was the case for some situations, which is sad. So I try not to like dwell on that past, but I think for me, whether it's just kind of honestly looks and surface level things and situations, I get really freaking tired of vanity. Like it's hard doing this job sometimes for me because I want an intention and a fulfillment from every single thing. And you know, sometimes like, making your morning smoothie for a brand (laughs) there's not always like this oh wow I'm helping others and like you know so I have to sometimes like be okay with little bits of vanity like hey guys look at the lip gloss I'm using but I also have really like tuned into why I'm doing this and what people are I just always look at myself from like the outside of the glass and I'm like looking in and I'm inside the glass and I always think about how other people would feel or how I would feel if I was watching someone's content that was mine and that's why I feel like even going you know I just went on this trip to Aspen with Aloe and it was for fashion it was for their clothes so yeah I could have just gone to this beautiful hotel done all of these luxury dinners that are you know sometimes quite out of reach for other people and you know I should be enjoying that whole experience and don't get me wrong I really really did but there was points where I was just like ugh I don't know how I would feel about like watching this like would I feel like bad that I'm like sitting at my desk and like can't afford a trip and so taking a situation like that and turning it into like, you know, I truly did feel very creatively stuck the week before that trip. So I decided to do like a whole kind of like manifesting journal session where I was like, what do I want to feel? And what do, what opportunities do I want to come my way in this job? And that was new connections with different people because i felt myself being around the same people which is great but i really i like like different challenging situations and so i was like new people a new environment and i want to also have time in whatever experience that comes to connect to myself more and then you know, a couple days later, I got an offer to go to Aspen with a group of people that I didn't know, some that I didn't know, a new place I had never been. And there was yoga and free time. And so I made the narrative, you know, or I I was able to share a narrative of like, try and manifest what you want to call into your life because you never know like the opportunity that could come from that. And so switching something from oh here's the link to the jacket I'm wearing to that makes me feel like I'm actually able to show up and like be of service to someone or give something to someone else because that's the type of content that inspires me that I admire and that is the reason i do what i do if that didn't exist then like i probably couldn't do this job
1: yeah you have to have intention you have to have purpose and you have to have meaning i think in whatever you're doing otherwise the success and the validation becomes fleeting right
0: exactly yeah
1: and i would imagine that there's i mean there's a lot of girls that follow you on social media and i know i think i was reading stats that like i think teenage girls mental health is like gone through the roof as far as problems And there's a lot of people that might look at somebody like yourself and they're like, Oh, I need to do like these wellness hacks. I need to do this to my body. I need to like live this lifestyle for me to be happy. And I think that they end up like formulating in their mind what success and what happiness like looks like, like what's your advice to like the consumer who is perusing through your page to be able to consume it in a way that's healthy.
0: Well, that's why I too, like, Don't get me wrong. I like to share all the weird, like wellness treatments that I try in LA because I never thought I would ever have access to those. And I just am so curious. I'm a very curious person. So it's like, I like to be a Guinea pig for certain things, whether it's, you know, like the most bougie lymphatic drainage massage you can get, or the most bougie gym that you can do a personal training session at. Like, I just want to try, but I always say You do not need to do these things to be healthy. And I always emphasize the most important things are truly free. And that's like water looking out into the sun when you wake up and like practicing gratitude. And like those don't cost any money. You can do those wherever you are, unless it's like Vancouver and really dark where you live. But like try and find some type of light. And I always try and emphasize those things at Like while I'm doing the other fun things too, because I also think you can't live like when you're in this career, you can't live with the mindset of being sensitive to everyone's feelings or else. I mean, we just, we couldn't post anything and we live in this cancel culture today. And I'm just like, Sometimes, you know, I told you I'm very, I'm very sensitive to the way my content's going to make other people feel. However, I can't dissect it to the point of like, is this going to trigger someone? Because I'm like, well, anything could trigger anyone. So I think there's a, a balance with that. But even the other day, I, I was linking all my favorite Black Friday sales and Cause I was honestly doing shopping so I was just linking what I was finding but then in the middle of it all I just took a break and I said by the way none of this shit matters at all It's all things you do not need to buy one thing today But if you are shopping, I want to help you save your money and that is why I'm sharing this but like it doesn't matter and I try and say things like that so that people don't get stuck in this mindset of like, oh, I need that or I need to look this way. Sometimes people need a little like, that's why I wish almost TikTok had these like breaks if you're scrolling too much to be like, you're beautiful, stop second guessing yourself and like get off your phone and go put your feet in the grass or something like that. I know it's corny, but it's true. Like we need those reminders with the fast pace of our like world today.
1: Yeah. And I think now people are spending so much time on social media that they begin to do almost associate that with reality where like to me, influencers, or even some of the stuff that I do with brands, it's like the new way of like TV commercials where brands are paying you. To advertise for them for a period of time for a post or whatever. But people aren't glued to the TV anymore and watching commercials. So which what they see on TV, they're not like identifying as much with personality they might see on social media, right? So I think it's important to pay attention to how much time you're spending on the screen. And then also like read the caption of the full content. And that's why I wanted to, to talk about this because you know, you could see a a picture of something, but if you don't read what the picture is about and you just scroll, you might just get an image in your head and you then will begin to articulate some thought or idea around that. Instead of like reading like, hey, like this is what what I did. I'm only doing this procedure because I like to try new things. I highly recommend not doing it. Just drink more water or whatever the case may be. Right. And speaking of being afraid to share certain things. I saw you made like a TikTok the other day, I think, and it was about limiting beliefs. And so I wanna use this podcast as a way to help keep you accountable. What are a few limiting beliefs you're having maybe right now or you've had recently of content that you're wanting to talk more about that you're not going to? And what are are some things you're gonna talk about more of in the new year?
0: The first one I think would be that, like a limiting belief would be that I'm not really business savvy because I grew up, Going to an art school and it was kind of always just like, all right, Alyssa, you stick to the performing arts. You stick to the performing arts. The academic stuff was never truly my thing. But I think the thing that drew me more to the social media world versus the acting world was actually because I enjoyed certain business aspects and lifestyle and like creating something. And I you know, still catch myself being like, oh, well, that's not me. I'm just like the creative performing more talent side of things. And I do want to change that. And it doesn't mean that I need to, you know, sit in board meetings all day and talk about NFTs and Bitcoin because I could actually peel my eyes out if that were to happen. But I think it's believing in myself enough to take myself seriously too you know, have that business side to myself and to possibly create, whether it's a product or an app or a brand in the future. So that's something that I want to just tap into more on the sharing side of things. I have always held back with sharing, you know, beauty and fashion content and It's actually something that I really like. I don't think I'm the best at it at all, at all. I live with my boyfriend who is a designer and a style king, so sometimes I'm just like, I'm in yoga pants for the fifth day in a row and you got a cool outfit on, so I'm not worthy of being this like fashion girl. But that's just a limiting belief because I'm like, no, I could still share my outfit and people could like it (laughs) or they couldn't, but it doesn't matter because I enjoy it. So that's kind of my mindset going into the new year.
1: Yeah, it's a good mindset to have. And I think just being able to identify those limiting beliefs and identify things that you're holding yourself back from doing, I think is just a great first step and then figuring out a way to talk more about it. All right. So I'm going to hold you accountable to sharing more content on fashion and beauty stuff, and then also just not being afraid to to talk about that you know what you're doing as far as some business stuff. Getting back to things that have maybe been limiting you, you talked about like how you were lacking creativity not too long ago. And then I also saw you posted something that this past year has been quite challenging for you. Like What's been hard for you this year and how have you overcome it?
0: My boyfriend's very vocal about this. He's talked about it, but he struggles a lot with his mental health. And this year was a rough one for him and like I said I'm a sponge. <laughs> so, I definitely take in the feelings of the people I love especially. And so, trying to be strong when there's probably a lot of things personally that I needed to work on, but those were on the back burner because I was thinking too much about the people that I love. I grew another sense of like loss for myself and my own needs and I also just, you know, when you push emotions down, they're going to come up <laughs> worse. So I think that happened at certain periods of this year. And so I feel like now I can sit here and say with confidence that I I don't want to push anything down anymore. And I want to make my own feelings my priority.
1: Yeah, it's important, right? And I think if you you kind of, you said you grew up in a way where you didn't really talk about stuff a lot, right? That's going to become your normal. And I think it's really admirable that you've been able to identify all of this, to remain in therapy, be there for your boyfriend as needed, but then also be able to understand where you're, when you're almost giving too much and it's, it's becoming detrimental to your own mental health and being able to, to refill your own cup too.
0: Yeah. Cause then it doesn't, it doesn't help you. And it also doesn't help anyone else. You might think it's helping other people, but if you don't help yourself, then you can't be of service to anyone else either.
1: Yeah, it's so true. I mean, the old it's the old adage of like, you got to put your own oxygen mask on first, right? It's, it's yes. really true. It's, it's so, so true.
0: True. I've literally been putting on everybody else's oxygen mask and just hyperventilating on my own for the last year. So it's time that I'm a little selfish. <laughs>
1: You got to you got to keep the oxygen mask on, and and I think one of the times where you really have to nourish yourself a bit is when you're experiencing FOMO and comparison. And you've been in the, in the branding online world for quite a bit now, and there's so much more competition now. I mean, influencers are popping up left and right. Like every day I see five new ones, right? What's your relationship like with like FOMO and the comparison trap? And um, like, do you struggle with that at all? And if so, like how do you mitigate that on days where, where it's getting to you?
0: I don't struggle too much with FOMO. I think because I've always felt a little different in you know my childhood feeling like the emotional one and then moving to LA not being a party person and a lot of people around me being party people and it there was no even like in those situations like fake it till you make it or I'm going to go do it to please other people like that was something that had always been very I had always been very true to myself. Like, I do not feel good staying out late, being in those atmospheres. There's too much energy and I need to go home. So I think I've always been pretty good with FOMO because of that, just because I know myself and I've missed out on so much of that stuff anyways that I just can tune into like what I need. But comparison for sure. Not even just with looks, obviously that too. It's, I think it's just, it's just hard in this day and age, but also with, you know, yeah, what's going viral and businesses and because it's like your identity is truly like your business. And in the beginning, I remember nobody in my community that did the same job as me would talk about, you know, the views and the rates and all of that stuff. And then now that a lot of other people are doing it, that conversation is kind of being opened up and people are talking about that because we're also realizing, oh wait, like this is a business. I don't want likes for attention. I want I want likes because then I can send it over to the brand and they can book me and like we can work together. So that was a weird transition. It still is. It's just like a weird, money is a weird topic. To put that with your worth, it's a weird topic. And so, yeah, I I definitely struggle with that. But I will say I am so, so blessed with the friendships I've made in this space. My best friends, you know, they do the same job as me. And I will say I lucked out because there is not one ounce of comparison, like at all. It is just we're each other's biggest fans. Even if an outsider that, you know, maybe just were to look at our platforms for a couple of minutes, if they didn't see much difference, there's a lot of individuality in between all of us. And there's the focus points for all of us are very different, but we're still able to help one another out. And I think that that's allowed me to just take inspiration and have admiration for them, but also stay in my lane and and try and be true to myself.
1: Yeah, and it's it's good that we we're talking about this because things have changed, right? Where brands in my understanding aren't just giving deals to people with a big platform. They're looking like at engagement. They're looking at like how how real your audience is, like where your audience is, like are you perform like are you selling stuff, especially as we've had some economic troubles here recently, like brands have been cutting budgets, right? They're not spending as much, right? They're not willing to take as big of a risk because they need that ROI to come back. So I've experienced it even with, with what I do. So it's good to be talking about this stuff because this is reality. Like this is the world that that you live in. This is the world that many people live in. I think it's important to talk about.
0: I told my family, I'm like, y'all are getting hugs for Christmas this year. <laughs> Scary time. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: No, but yeah, it is uh it is just it's strange and it's, it's it's uncomfortable a lot of the time it's uncomfortable and i'm i'm very grateful that i have a a team a management team that can kind of deal with that stuff because it's uncomfortable when you're also doing it yourself
1: and so i think i want to talk about this cuz i think this is something that people talk about or that people deal with a lot whether or not they're in this space or not and that is like how do you not sell out? How do you not sell your soul just to gain attention or gain money when you're at a place where you, you need to make more money, you need to get more attention? What are some things that you tend to come back to? Like is it journaling, is it meditation where you're tempted to maybe do something for money that isn't in alignment with who you are? Like how do you navigate that?
0: Well, I've, I've done that. <laughs> I've been through a stage of saying yes, to everything. Not going to lie. I did a Wendy's campaign, very off brand, very off brand. I think it's been enough years where I can like legally say that.
1: Um, was it with a, was it, tell, tell me it was for a frosty at least.
0: It was for a juice. So okay. at least that,
1: you <laughs> yeah. know,
0: I made sense of that cause I was like hardcore vegan at the time too. And I was like, listen, if it's the chicken nuggets, like we can't do it. But they were like, no, it's just a really sugary juice. And I was like, I can make it work. But I was also just in that stage of like, I have zero dollars to my name. I have this platform. I'm saying yes to everything. However, I will say it put money in the bank for that period of time. But I think it it actually hindered the amount of money I could have made in the near future. Because to anyone listening that is kind of in this state right now, I think it's really important to really ask yourself, do I really want to say yes to this? Because your following starts to not trust you because of, it's just so, so apparent when someone is promoting something or doing something that's out of alignment with themselves. And I also, a lot of the time, think less is more. Like my passion, I I know I'm in the right career because my passion is truly telling people what I'm passionate about. I've done it since I was little. I do it all the time for non-sponsored, no ad. Like that's what I love to do. This book, this lip gloss, this protein, this like supplement, whatever it is. And so I think organically sharing all of that and then really, and then like those brands that you're organically sharing those should be the brands that start to pay you at a certain point because you've already organically shared them. And I think that that's the most beneficial thing that I've learned to do and that I want to stick to doing because a random brand that reaches out to me that I've never heard of or I've never posted about or talked about, I probably shouldn't be working with them.
1: It's true. Or or I think you should, uh, it's, it's it's super important to make a disclaimer, disclose that it is like a paid ad and that... You know, you haven't tested the product yet. You really don't know what's going to turn out. But if you want to learn more about it, you can like go check out their product. But yeah, there's there's a big difference between that, I think, and you like being like, I love this product and you've never yeah. tried it.
0: No, now if it's a brand I've never heard of, I ask for at least a three-month trial period and I try it out for three months. And then at the end of the three months, I say, yes, I'd like to work together or no.
1: Right. And that's important, I think, because like the only thing in life that I think is, is something that can get you through hard times that can personally and professionally, or one of the only things I should say is your integrity. And once you lose that, it's really hard to get it back, if not impossible, depending on what you do and who you've lost it with and, and stuff like that. I want to talk about anxiety because I know that you've had your, your struggles with, with anxiety off and on and uncertainty and, and dealing with all that like what's it like for you now? I mean, do you still struggle with it? And what are some of your daily practices that help you manage your anxiety?
0: Yeah, unfortunately, I still struggle with it. And I definitely think my morning routine, the habit stacking and those little habits, there are also habits that I do throughout the day. Those really help. And those are, you know, like I said, practicing gratitude. I also think meditation and meditation in any form of what that means. It can be a walking meditation. It can just be like focusing on your breath and taking a few deep breaths. It can be a meditation you're following. It can be like a yoga meditation where you're kind of moving your body. Like I just think getting quiet with yourself and your breath is so important. And like breath work and cold plunges or ice cold showers are something that I mean work better than any type of, you know, natural or medication that I've ever tried, which I think says a lot. So those I would just suggest to anyone if you don't have access to a cold plunger, an ice bath, a cold shower. My dad now, new person because of the cold shower situation. And I'm like, who would have thought? Who would have thought drinking more water and getting an ice cold water could help it probably puts my anxiety down at least 50%, which i think is great.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, i mean definitely cold exposure is definitely like a, a game changer as far as in my experience the way i've it's helped help me is it's just it gets me used to doing something that just sucks. And it just helps me embrace like challenges more and it helps build self-confidence because when you first get into the cold plunge or you take a cold shower, i mean you might only last a few seconds, right? in there before you want to get out. And then that progresses to maybe 30 seconds to a minute, two minutes. And then you might get to a point where you're in there for like three or five minutes or something like that. And you're like, how the heck did I do this? And it all started with just
0: mm-hmm. a few seconds. And when you're when you're immersed in that cold plunger ice bath, you can't last in there unless you are saying positive affirmations to yourself. When I'm truly doing it and I'm like, okay, we're going for at least three minutes here. The things I'm saying to myself are I am capable, you can do this, you're calm, you're sitting here, you're amazing, you can do it, you're capable, like those things over and over and over again, just doing those anyways, it's hard for us to sit down when we're like chill, we got our phones right here, the TVs right there, the pantries right there, like it's hard for us to truly sit and focus on meaning those things and feeling it in our bodies. But when we're in that shock system, it's almost like this I will die if I don't say these things and calm my body. And it leaves you when you walk out of there, you're like, frick yeah, I'm capable. Like I can do all these things. Like my anxiety will not get the best of me today, you know?
1: For sure. And I think one of the other things that has helped you, it seems with your anxiety, overcoming adversity, getting better at embracing challenge is fitness. And I know things have come full circle to where now you have a healthy relationship with your body. Like, What's your workout? What's your wellness routine like now?
0: I mean, I don't discriminate against workouts. I love them all. I weight train two days a week, Pilates twice a week, and yoga once or twice a week. And I also walk a lot Listen to a lot of podcasts do a lot of walks. I move my body every single day I don't take a day off from moving my body actually, but that doesn't mean that i'm working like i'm, you know hitting the gym hard every single day i'm giving my my muscles a rest But I don't ever feel the need to just like Lay in bed or sit at the computer for one day because i'm sore. It's like no, let's stretch. Let's go on a walk and whenever I'm feeling anxious or down, I know I need to move my body. And the moment I finish that, whatever form of movement it is, I feel like I can take a full deep breath.
1: I mean, I think exercise is one of the best forms of stress management and helping with anxiety tools for helping with anxiety that there is because like you said like once you get done doing that thing moving your body you feel like you can just like breathe and you have this sense of calmness that you didn't have before so the last question i have for you is there's a lot of people that listen to my show that they they just experience they experience so much hardship heartache maybe they've just gone through a breakup or maybe they're just they just had a really bad year and they're trying to move that in the past and and move forward. I know you've had some experience with this. What are a few things that you think somebody should do? Like if you were in that position where you were looking to use 2023 as a fresh start and to leave 2022 behind, what would be a few things that you would make sure you would do?
0: Well, I don't know if you've heard of this book, but I just started reading this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can heal your life by Louise Hay read this book. Number one, it's really good. Uh, it's amazing. And so many of the people I admire in my life have said that this is, you know, what changed their mindset and their life. And there's different exercises in the book that you can do as well that honestly, I think this has been more beneficial for me than years of therapy. <laughs> so That's saying something but yeah, I think it would be start with one healthy habit Maybe it's you start with one a week and you try and do that for a week and then you add one more the next week I think it's not like having to change your life around and be like, okay I can't eat fast food anymore. I Can't have negative mindset. I need to start working out. I need to meditate every day that's like Just an overwhelming load of things that could Overwhelm you so much that you one day throw your hands up in the air like third day in and you're like screw it I'm going back to all my unhealthy habits So I would just honestly say like pick one thing that you know is gonna make you feel so good And maybe that's not being on your phone for the first 30 minutes of the day and instead you're taking time for you even if it's just making a coffee and like sitting there and so That would be my like main piece of advice when you know going through hardship because I think as you start to stack those habits, those healthy habits. I mean, the way you start your day is like what sets you up for your life. I think so. Doing that right in the morning, I think, can completely change your life.
1: Absolutely, and I think it's always good to start off the year with a a new book that can help move you forward in a different direction. So I think that's a great piece of advice, and then also you know, mastering your mornings is is so important and making sure like you, I know you've touched on this, like habit stacking and making sure that you own that part of your day so that you set yourself up for success. So Alyssa, this has been amazing. I appreciate your vulnerability. I appreciate you opening up and sharing about stuff that you don't typically share and talk about. And if people want to follow along your journey, they want to connect with you more, where's the best place for them to do that?
0: Yeah. Thank you so much too. Um, You can find me at Alyssa Lynch on Pretty much every platform.
1: (laughs) Sweet. Well, I'll make sure to include the links to your socials in the show notes. And for those listening, what I invite you to do is to share a takeaway. Maybe it was something that Alyssa said about how she's overcome adversity in her life. Maybe it was something that she said about her personal journey and how she grew up. Maybe it was something she said about how she overcame and healed from the breakup years ago. Maybe it was something Alyssa said about how she's healed the relationship with her body or some of the limiting beliefs that she shared or even more recently about how she talked about how you can start 2023 off on the right foot. Whatever it was, share your takeaway, tag Alyssa, tag myself, because we'd love to hear your feedback. And we once again, thank you for listening to this episode of the Adversity Advantage. I'm your host, Doug Bobst, and we'll see you next time.